Advent. We've heard about it, seen it, posted about it, maybe even tasted it, year after year. So what is Advent? A countdown to presents? A celebration of pets? Beauty products? Cheese? Well, no. Advent is the season of anticipation and celebration, but the gift we're waiting for is Jesus, not cats. Because with Jesus comes all sorts of life-changing goodness. Advent gives us the chance to share in the ancient longing for the coming King, a Savior. And every year for thousands of years, Christ followers have been lighting candles before Sundays leading up to Christmas. These candles represent four things in the Bible, hope, peace, joy, love, that came forth with the long-awaited arrival of Jesus. Well, good morning, Full Life Church. How you doing this morning? Oh, come on. You can do better than that. Listen, I bet, I bet some of you still have turkey hangover. Anybody got turkey hangover? I think I do. So I'm glad to see you in the house of the Lord today. Can you do me one more thing? Can you help me welcome our online audience? We're so glad you're tuning in with us today. So just one more thing just before we, we, I, I preach. We're going to talk about Advent this month, but... This Connect card is really important. Those of you that are new to our church, if you've not filled that out, please do that. And listen, I would love to just see you hang out with you there at guest services after the service today. We'd love to give you a gift. If, take care. Go ahead and fill this out. Also, if you have a prayer request, as Amber mentioned, we'd love to pray with you. We have, we have a group of intercessors who pray over every request. So please turn that in today as we're um, doing that together. Oh, so we're in a series today starting today called Advent. And if you're familiar with Advent, it's really all about arrival. That's really what the word means, or coming. And what we do is we celebrate basically the fact that we are between two arrivals. We're living, you and I are living in between two arrivals. The first arrival is the one we celebrate this month, and that's Christ's birth, you know, 2,000 years ago in, in that manger in Bethlehem. And then we look forward to the arrival, his second arrival, which we all know as his second coming. How many of you know Jesus promised he's coming back? Are you glad for that this morning? Are you glad that he said he's coming back? Are you looking forward to that day with anticipation? And that's really what this is all about. If you saw in the, the bumper there that it is about anticipation. So what we're going to do is today, we're going to light the first candle, which is the candle of hope. And we're going to talk about hope today. Anybody need to hear about a little hope today? I know I do. So let's light this candle and then we'll get started with our message, if I can do this right. Ah, that was easy enough, wasn't it? And so, as we said, Advent's all about anticipation and arrival of the first and second coming of Christ. And over the next few weeks, what we want to do is we want to um, dive into four words that represent this idea of Advent. Today's hope. Next week, we'll do peace and then joy. And then the last Sunday of Advent, we'll do love. Now... If you've, if you've ever studied this and you know about this, you understand that in the Old Testament, there, were, there was this longing for a Messiah, right? And it even actually is as recent as Genesis chapter 3, there was this anticipation of a coming Messiah because we know what happened. Everybody knows what happened in Genesis 3, right? Adam and Eve sinned, disobeyed God, and from there, there was this longing for a Savior, somebody who would rescue and and really help us get back to God. That was the problem that we had. That we had a sin problem. And so Advent's all about us anticipating and longing for that day. Well, all throughout the Old Testament, the, the writers, Isaiah, different prophets proclaimed that there would be a Messiah who would come and who would rescue Israel. 
And then there was this period when the Old Testament stopped and before the beginning of the New Testament where there was 400 years that God didn't say a word. Now, how would that feel? Has anybody ever been to a place where you felt like God wasn't speaking to you? What did that feel like? Man, that's hard, isn't it? And really, what they had was they could look back, they could listen to and read the, the prophet Isaiah declared that a Messiah was coming. That's what they had to hold on to. And so what do you do when you don't feel like you've been hearing from God? You hold on to his word. There's, there's the word of God, which is 66 books that's a narrative of the salvation that Christ brought. 66 books all about that reality that Christ came a first time, the anticipation of that, and then the anticipation of him in Revelation, that, that realization that he said, I'm coming again. And so this whole month, we're going we're gonna to really celebrate this arrival of Christ the first time and what that means, and then we're going to look with anticipation to his second coming. Are y'all ready to take that journey with me? Anybody ready to take that journey? If you are, say amen. So let me just start this with this idea of hope. Now, some of you, when you think of hope, you think of, well, I'm wishing for. If you had a definition of hope, it's like, well, I hope this happens. Anybody said that before? It's almost like this wishful thinking. Well, the hope we're talking about, it's not wishful thinking, folks. It's actually trusting in a faithful God. Can I get an amen this morning? Hope is not about wishful thinking. It's all about trusting a God who is faithful. It's all about what we sang this morning, that he is faithful. It's confident expectation that something good is going to happen. Are you excited about that? That you have hope this morning because of Christ. And so as you're taking notes today, be reminded we had those little sheets that you can take notes on that will help you. Because here's the idea. We want you to take these messages and take them home with you and apply them. Amen. They're not doing you much good if all you do is hear them here and then you forget about them. So take, that, take this opportunity. Let it be a privilege to take notes. And so if you're taking notes, we're talking about hope. Hope starts in the mind. And you know that's where everything starts. Your thoughts are crucial to you living a certain life, a life, a full life. And so let me ask you a question. Where's your head right now? Are you worried? Are you anxious? Are you, are you stressed? Where's your head right now? Because I believe that what we've experienced over the last two and a half years, and what we've seen politically, what we've seen in the COVID virus and all of these things, the financial market as it is today, rising gas prices, rising food costs. If we're not careful, we get in a wrong headspace. Can I get an amen? There's disillusionment. There's distrust in leadership. There's fear. Is there going to be a nuclear? I was just listening this week on the radio that I think, is it North Korea that's, they're actually testing weapons. Does that, does that make anybody else nervous? That some crazy with a button might shoot a nuclear vessel somewhere? So we've got all this stuff that's trying to weigh in on us. And if we're not careful, it will cause you to lose hope. So this first message, I, 
I want to challenge you to lean into this idea of hope. Let me also ask you a question. Where's the best place to look if you want to look for hope? Right here in God's Word. How many have a Bible with you? How many of you look on the screen? Doesn't matter, right? As long as you're leaning into God's Word. And so if you have hope, you have hope in the Word of God. And so I want to talk to you about the greatest story about the greatest gift, which is Jesus Christ. And I'll declare this to you. The way to get back to the right headspace is to turn your attention to something different than you're currently looking at right now. All right? Y'all with me? Believe in something different than what you're believing in right now. Put your hope in God. Amen. So here's how Peter, he gives us some good advice if you want to get in the right headspace, here's what he says. Therefore, with minds, everybody say minds. Now notice what he says. Alert and fully sober. Where does he say to put our hope? Set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Now he came the first time as a little baby to ultimately do what? To go to the cross and pay the penalty for your sins and mine. And so our hope should be in the one who paid that penalty. Now, you notice he says to be alert and fully sober. In other words, don't let anything clog your thinking or cloud your judgment. Fully sober means you're not under the control of anything. You have, you're in your right mind, amen? You're alert. You're thinking clearly. And the advice that he's given us is if we want to be in the correct headspace, direct your hope on Jesus. Amen? See, this, this passage gives you a guide if you want to live in hope. We have hope that Christ is coming again. Here's another passage that will, will encourage you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. We remember, everybody say remember. Before our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by what? In our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul is commending this church in Thessalonica to keep up the good work. What, are they, what is it that's causing them to live in hope? They're inspired by their hope in who? In Jesus Christ. Now, you notice what the outcome is. It's a labor of love. And I, I know there's some people who, who might say, well, you know what, Pastor? I realize that, that salvation is not through my works. That is the truth. Amen. It's by grace through faith that you're saved. However, a true faith produces works. And here's the motivation. The works that you're doing are motivated by your love for Christ. They're motivated by the reality that you were once dead in your trespasses and your sins, and now you're fully alive. Anybody glad you're fully alive this morning? And so when we are called to do some work because of our faith, it really keeps our, our minds off of the circumstances, right? It gives us an opportunity to focus on helping somebody else, sharing the good news with somebody else, sharing this hope that you have. And you know what? When you're doing that, 
you're alert, you're sober-minded, you're doing a good work. Anybody want to do that for, for Christ this morning? What an opportunity during this season. We were talking about this backstage as we were getting ready in our flow meeting and praying that we have an opportunity every single day. I don't know if you realize it or not, but God will give you divine appointments every day. Here's the problem. If you're not alert and you're not sober-minded, you're so busy, right? You're so distracted by the things that are happening. I get it. You know, uh, this, these past two weeks have been as stressful as they could come at, my, at the Turner household. My wife's going to kill me. That's okay. So help point the point. So we're doing some renovations at the house, right? Having our cabinets painted, painting the, the uh, a room that we got our new baby grand piano in. All of this is anticipation for uh, my kids coming in, right? That kind of arrival. So you moms know what I'm talking about. So there's that stress. And then there's the stress of preparing for uh, the Thanksgiving meal, which we always go. And anybody go too far? Are we the only family that just cooks way too much food? So we got all that going on, right? And then on top of that, you, are you glad for this beautiful decorations? Are y'all glad? So my wife, my wife heads that up. And y'all can, boy, she is really going to kill me. So I always tell her, why don't you get some people to help you? And it ends up being me, her, and we got two right here. Well, can we give them a hand, these guys in the room? It's like four people, and I'm like, on top of all of this. So there's the stress. So you know what happens to us too, right? It would be really easy for me and Lori to get distracted in the middle of all of this and lose hope. But I'm here to tell you, here's what God says. Forget about all of that. Do it, yes, but your hope is in Christ. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Amen. So it's a labor of love when we share the hope that we have in Christ with other people. And as we're sober-minded and we're alert, we see the opportunities. We don't miss out on those opportunities. So that's my advice to you. And I know, how many weeks till Christmas? Four weeks? I know it, the tendency will be I'm going to be so busy with parties, shopping. All those things are okay. But remember, God's placed you on planet Earth for such a time as this. Amen. So number two, having your, your mind right leads to living in hope. See, what does it mean to live in hope? Number one, we've placed our faith in Christ. Remember, he's the perfect gift, but he's also the gift giver. And so when we place our faith in him, we place our, our trust in the Lord Jesus, we have hope. And I love this because it's a game changer, folks, because we're talking about eternal consequences here. We're not talking about some passing faith. No, when you place your faith in Christ, you, you're, listen, your relationship with Jesus Christ has been sealed, amen, for eternity. Are you glad? Are you glad that you're on your way to heaven this morning? And so as we're walking and living out this hope, it starts with what Ephesians 2 says. It's by grace you have been saved. How? Through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Anybody glad for that wonderful gift? Amen. And then it says, not by works, so that... No one can boast. So you see, living in hope looks like placing our faith in Christ. 
You can't place it anywhere else. You can't place it in your job because you could lose that job tomorrow, amen? You can't place it in your spouse. As, as awesome as they are, they're awesome. My wife's awesome. As awesome as Lori is, I can't place my faith in her because she's human. But we can place our faith in the one who's able to fully deliver. Is that good news this morning? Here's some more good advice from Hebrews. Let us hold unswervingly. Anybody like that word, unswervingly? It's going to be tenacious. Right? Hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Profess. In other words, you can go around and tell people that you have hope. But if it's not truly here, it's going to be evident pretty quick. So let us hold tightly. Um, this is the Lance Turner translation. Like, Let's grab hold of that hope and don't let go. Because he who promised is, everybody say it. Say it loud. Is he faithful? He is faithful. And so we're not going to give up. We're, we're going to hold on to this hope that we profess because we know that God is faithful. How do we know? Because he's been faithful in the past. You can look back time and time again. I have the testimony that I can look back time and time again and see the faithfulness of God over and over and over again. Anybody else have that testimony? Our God is faithful. So if you're going to live in hope, you're going to hold on to it. You're going to hold on to this hope that you profess. And here's how you're going to hold on to it. You're going to hold on to it by trusting and obeying God's word. Romans 15, 4. For everything was written in the past. What was it for? What's God's word for? To teach you. So that you will endure. In other words, you're not going to give up. So the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have. Everybody say it loud. Are y'all with me? Are y'all tracking with this today? That there's a source of your hope that will not fail you today. So the scriptures. God, listen, God knew what he was doing when he sovereignly put the Bible together, didn't he? He knew that he would look 2,000 years ahead from the, from the work of Christ and see a, a, a global pandemic. He knew that, that we would see some, some global things happening that, are, that can be very, very disheartening. He knew we would need something to hold on to. What do we hold on to? We hold on to the hope because we read it in God's word that there's not only endurance, but there's encouragement. Don't give up. Everybody say, don't give up. Turn to your neighbor, tell them. Don't give up. That alone will be encouragement to you, right? God's word. And I love this because what the work God does, it builds your faith, right? And faith and hope are really closely connected. Hebrews gives us a definition of faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. There it is. The evidence of things not seen. In other words, when you don't see it with your own eyes, you can still have hope because you believe in the one who's faithful. Amen. 
And then another passage, Romans chapter 10. So here's how you get faith. How do you get faith? So faith then comes by hearing and hearing by the... So if you want to hold on to hope, unswervingly to hope, where do you look? You look to God's word. You hold on to it tenaciously. There's those promises in God's word. Maybe God's promised you something and you've read it and God's confirmed it in his word, but you haven't quite yet seen it. What do you do? You hold tight. You don't give up because you believe in the one who's faithful. I love this, Psalm 130, verse 5. I wait. You know, hope is all about waiting too, right? This, this whole Advent thing. Think about it. Thousands of years of waiting for the Messiah. He came, and now thousands of years of waiting for the second coming. How many know he's coming? But what are we doing? We're waiting. It's not sitting around twiddling our thumbs, are we? No. We're waiting with anticipation. We're looking. You know, the Bible says, keep your eyes on the eastern skies. Look up. Your redemption draws near. So we're waiting not as some who don't have hope or twiddling our thumbs. No, we're anticipating the coming of Christ, and we put his hope in his, we put our hope in, his, in where? In his word. So the problem is, folks, I was having a discussion the other day. There's a lot of biblically illiterate people. If that hits you, I don't mean to be hurtful, but I just wonder how much hope you have right now if you're not reading God's Word on a regular basis. Yeah, ouch. Where are you, where are you drawing your hope from if you're not in God's Word? Boy, it got quiet. That's okay, though. Here's another one. Living in hope means we are committed to prayer. A prayerless person is a powerless person. I would dare say a person who doesn't pray doesn't have a lot of hope. Boy, this is hard preaching. That's okay. You need it. How many of you say, I need it, Pastor? Bring it on. You need to be in the Word, and you need to be in prayer, folks. Now listen, you've heard me say this over and over again. We're not praying, we're not reading God's word as some kind of obligation to, to fulfill a check of box. No, there's a relationship that we're building, amen? There's trust that we're building in the one who's faithful. And every time I pray, every time I read God's word, it gives an opportunity for God to speak to me and build hope. Amen. First Thessalonians 5, 17 says this. Never stop praying. Does that mean that you're going to be on your knees 24 hours a day, seven days a week? It's not feasible. No, it's an attitude of the heart. Now, I will say this. You do need a set time and a set place every day where you're reading God's word and you're praying. But other than that, it's, it's a moment here, a moment there, where your attention is turned to God. You might be sitting at your desk at work, and you take a, a few seconds and say, you know what, Lord, thank you for this job. Lord, I need wisdom to do my job well. Never, everybody say it, never stop 
One more time. Never. Amen. Amen. That's good advice, isn't it? Romans 5, 13, 15, 13. Excuse me. May the God of hope. This is a prayer for you today. Fill you with all joy. We're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. And peace next week as you do what? Everybody say trust. Trust in him so that you may overflow with what? I don't want to just have a little bit of hope, Denise. I want to. Anybody else want to overflow with hope? How do you do it? Through God's word, through prayer. And I love this. This is something else to consider by the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, folks, if you're in Christ, you have the Holy Spirit on the inside you, and he's the one that lets, lets, lets you overflow with hope. Amen. And the beauty of it is the Scripture was written by the Holy Spirit. And so at any given moment, if you've got the Word of God in you, the Holy Spirit can bring to a a scripture to your mind in a moment where you're losing hope and remind you that your God is faithful, that remind you that our God will supply all our needs according to his riches and glory. He'll remind you that by his stripes I'm healed. He'll remind you all of those things. Why? Because he's in you. There's hope that's overflowing because of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've not heard a lot about him. I hate that you haven't because he's amazing. He's your helper. The Bible says that he's your comforter. The Bible says that he will walk beside you every single moment of every single day, giving you wisdom, giving you insight, and helping you overflow with hope. Does that help anybody today? Are you glad you have the Holy Spirit? Number three, hope is lived out in the application of our faith. So it's not just building faith through God's word and prayer, but there's an application. There's a there's something that you're going to do with the faith and the hope that you have. And we've already alluded to it just a little bit, right? God has called you. God has called you as a follower of Jesus to build his church. Amen. As a matter of fact, Jesus said this, I will build my church. Let me love God's church. Christ's church. Man, he loved it so much. That's what he died for. And so here's what he says. He says, we, we are called to build his church. Our love, our gratitude for Christ's work in our hearts, that's what motivates us. That's why our first word here is love. Why? Because we are motivated by Christ's love to do the work of ministry. Amen. And I'll just say this, folks. Remember, the, the, the hope that you profess as a believer, you're not exempt from doing the work. You don't get a pass. No, you're a part of the body of Christ. And here's the awesome thing. God has given you unique gifts that are only unique to you through the power, again, who's the author of it? The Holy Spirit. And what he has done is he's given you these, these supernatural gifts. We call them spiritual gifts. So that you can be a blessing to the body of Christ and help build God's church. I'll say it this way. God has called you to be a dealer of hope. Can I say that one more time? God has called you to be a dealer of hope. 
How? Remember, the Holy Spirit inside you, what's it causing? An overflow of hope. So if, if I have an overflow of hope, it's going to be recognizable to you, right? You're going to be able to tell that I'm holding on to hope, that hope is inside. And it's not something that I produced. It's something that the Holy Spirit has produced in me, and, it, and people can tell. So here's, here's the story. Here's the story of hope. It's the greatest gift by the greatest gift giver. Jesus came, lived a sinless life. Died a cruel death on the cross. Walked out of the tomb. Does that give anybody else hope today? And then we're supposed to share that message. But pastor, I'm intimidated. You have the Holy Spirit. Amen. He's in you. He says it. He'll be in you and he'll be with you every single time. So in that conversation... That you know you're supposed to have with that coworker, that conversation that you're supposed to have at Starbucks, all you have to do is stop and say a prayer. Holy Spirit, just give me the words. And if you'll step out in faith, I promise you, He will tell you what to say. And if you blow it, guess what? At least you did it. And God can take that, those stumbling words that you share. Because here's what I believe he's gone before you anyway and prepared the heart. Amen. He can help you make an impact. So we're dealers of hope because Christ did so much for us. He gave the greatest gift. So I have a question for us as a church. What if we as Full Life Church made a commitment to be dealers of hope this Christmas and beyond? What if? What kind of impact could you make? What, what could we make as a church if we were committed to this? I want to be a dealer of hope. Anybody, anybody echo that with me? I just want to be a dealer of hope. Just give them God's word for a while. Listen, if all you can do is quote John 3.16, you're a witness for Christ. God's, how many of you can quote that? Oh, come on, people. It's the most familiar verse on the planet. Let's do it right now. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Listen, if that's all you do, that's powerful. Amen. And you can be a dealer of hope just by sharing that one verse. Amen. It's pretty cool. Yesterday, I was, anybody watch uh, College Game Day on Saturday mornings? How many watch it? You football fans? Go dogs. Still number one. Yesterday, it, was so, it did my heart good. You know, they hold up all these signs, right? All kind of st- stupid stuff. But I saw a couple, you know, ESPN, talking about Jesus. Another one that said, Jesus is the way. Folks, listen. If all you did was hold up a sign, I don't know. John 3.16, God so loved the world. You can be a dealer of hope, amen? Another way to apply your faith is not to give up, to endure. It means you're not going to give up when the, when the resources are not there or when circumstances get, get tough. Why? Because your hope is not in yourself. It's in 
And here's, here's what we have. We have this hope of the, of the first promise has already been fulfilled. Christ came, was born in a manger, lived 33 years, died on the cross, rose again, and sent it back to heaven. Before he left, he made a promise. What did he say? John 14. Do not let your hearts be what? Anybody been troubled lately? Jesus is saying, don't be troubled. You believe in God. Believe in me. And then he makes a promise. What does he say? My father's house has many rooms. Anybody want one of those rooms? Anybody got one reserved? I got one reserved. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? These are Jesus' words and what he says. And if I go and prepare a place for you, what's he saying? I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. That's a promise that you can hold on to. Amen? Everlasting hope. Purchased through the cross, but also anticipation of it through a promise. Remember, we're living between two arrivals, right? That's what Advent's all about. The first arrival, Jesus in the manger. The second arrival, and I love it because the first time he came, he came as a little bitty baby. We sing about it, meek and mild, right? Anybody ever sung that song? Oh, infant so tender, oh, tender and mild, excuse me. Tender and mild, right? The second time, not a baby. <laughs> a triumphant king, king of kings and lord of lords. That's what we look forward to. Everything that we have seen that has disillusioned us and troubled us over the years will be made right the moment that Jesus steps out of heaven and rides that horse, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Is anybody anticipating that day? Are you looking forward to that day? This is the hope that you have, folks. He made the promise. Because he was faithful in the past to fulfill a promise to come the first time, he's faithful to fulfill the promise to come a second time. And in the middle of this, the in-between, the hard, here's what Paul gives us, a, 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 just some encouragement for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us what? An eternal glory. Things are not always going to be as they are right now, folks. Do you realize that? And some of us live as if nothing's ever going to change, folks. The moment Christ steps out, to, out of heaven, things are going to change drastically. But in the meantime, I'm not the bearer of bad news. I'm not a doomsday person, but things, things will go bad sometimes. Amen. But it, here's what he says. So we fix our eyes, not on rising gas prices, political leaders, groceries going up, all that. No, where's our, where do we fix our eyes? Not on what's seen, 
but where? It's unseen. Because what is unseen is eternal. Amen. And that's a person. We've already named his name. Your focus is not on what's seen, but on what's unseen. I'll declare this to you as well as we're bringing this thing to a close. Some of your headspace issues are really just focus issues. Can I say that one more time? Some of your headspace issues are really focus issues. What are you focused on right now? I've already asked you. Overdue bills, medical conditions, relationship issues. I get it. Life has been hard since March 2020. I, I know it is. We've suffered some loss. Some of you have suffered major loss. Sickness, loss of loved ones, loss of a job, loss of a relationship. All those things have become a reality. And it may be hard for you to focus your attention and your eyes on what you see. Or maybe that's what you're doing. You're you're focusing on what you see here. But Paul tells us to do what? Take our eyes off and fix them somewhere else. Where is it? Hebrews 12 tells us therefore we also since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight anybody feel like you've been weighing been weighed down by some stuff what does it say what does it say folks help me lay it down and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run where what with what endurance the race that is set before us watch this Looking where? So my focus goes off of... Well, it sounded better, didn't it? Y'all hear that better? <laughs> my focus is off of the circumstances, and I fix my eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith. Amen. Is that encouraging anybody today? For the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, And has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So, your head issues may just be focus issues. Now, I'm not saying there's there's other things, factors involved. I'm just saying, could it be that you're letting the circumstances get in your head and it's causing you to lose hope? So, here's the question for you as we close this. What weights are you carrying that you shouldn't be? In your headspace, is there guilt? We've talked about that a few weeks ago. In your headspace, is there guilt of your past sin? Is there in your headspace, is there the weight of your current sin? Maybe you find yourself in addiction. Maybe you find yourself in bondage. I have good news for you. The gospel of Christ will set you free. Amen. Or maybe it's regret over broken relationships. Give it up. Turn your attention off that. And maybe you could even say, Lord, here it is. Maybe would say that, Pastor, here it is. Here it is, Lord. I, I give it to you. And then you just keep going. You wake up in the morning. You don't feel like getting up, what do you do? 
Get up anyway. If you choose not to give up the weight, if you choose not to give up, the journey's going to be heavy. And listen, you are not meant to carry it anyway. So what's going to happen? You're going to keep carrying the weight and you're going to lose hope. But here's what Jesus is doing. Remember what he said. Look, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher and the perfecter of your faith. Here's what he's saying. He's at the finish line. He's saying, come on. Don't give up. Keep your eyes on me. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Keep your eyes focused on me. You can do this because here's what I'll declare to you. If you don't give up, you win. Amen. How many of you believe that? If you don't give up, you win. There's hope, folks. So what's your response? Get your mind right. How? I've already given it to you. Get in God's word. Get in the presence of God through prayer. Come to church. Experience the presence of God here with other believers. Find the hope that he gives. Amen? Number two, trust Christ for salvation. Remember, it's by grace you're saved through faith. Number three, put your faith in practice. Work for him. Everybody say it with me. Be a, help, say it out. Be a dealer in hope. Number four, don't give up. Where's your gaze? Where's your focus? Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. And the last one, let go of the stuff. Let go of everything that weighs you down. Amen.